Welcome to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast, covering anything and everything wild turkey with your co-hosts, Billy Barnett and Matthew Myers. The Turkey Hunting USA podcast is presented by Van Meter and Sun Lures, makers of high quality deer and predator lures and trapping baits since 2007. Your one-stop shop for 100% pure, fresh urines and ingredients, quality over quantity. Like them on Facebook at Van Meter and Sun Lures. And now for this week's show. Episode seven of the Turkey Hunting USA podcast. I am your co-host, Matthew Myers, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Billy Barnett. Billy, we uh, got a busy week this week and we got a great guest also for everybody. Yep. Uh, NWTF, it's kicking off today, the convention in Nashville. And uh, man, it's everything's rolling right through. It's uh, it's almost here. Man, it's exciting. I, I can't wait to get down there later in the week. And, you know, you guys will be going down. You and Rebecca and Jan and I will be going down on, on Saturday morning. And it's that that's as you worded it the last podcast that's like the the kickoff that's when it all just really starts becoming real you know it and uh i don't know that's when it you know it's about there yep uh even though we're not having a booth this year uh maybe next year we can try to do that but uh, as far as the orders and stuff if anybody's going to nashville and uh like i said i'll be there friday and saturday and matt will be there saturday um we don't mind at all to bring whatever orders you purchase this week, you know, before Thursday anyway, and uh, we can bring them with us and maybe save you a little bit on the shipping. If you want to pick them up right there, uh, we'll, we'll work with you and try to get it to you there and uh, might save you a little bit on the shipping part of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be down there at the convention and see all the different people and, uh, the calling contest, the senior open. I always look forward when I'm down at Nashville going to see some of the best. Well, not probably not some of the best, it's the best callers in the nation um, up on the stage for the, for the finals. That's always a good time to watch. And it reminds you how bad of a caller you actually are when you hear them up there doing what they do. Um, so yeah, it's an all around fun time. Too, yeah, I, yeah, no doubt. I go to just the small ones on the side and feel like I learn a ton from those folks. But yeah, eager about getting down there this weekend. And actually, I think I've got Monday off, so it's going to be a long weekend for me. So it'll be a yeah, be a good time. What and, what is one of your favorite things about the end or the convention? Oh man, I I feel like when you go down to the convention, they've always got new releases going into the new year. Just some stuff you can go kind of window shop and touch and try on and just see what it's all about you know do a little you don't have to buy it but you can go see it firsthand and and how it really is and um and again the i always get a kick out of going to the senior open and watching the the finals seeing those guys run how about you what do you what do you get out of all that um yeah there's not a you know it's all in one big ball of fun really um i I think it's kind of surreal to be able to walk around and talk to these guys and uh you know they're right there they're just like me and you uh you know mm-hmm. and it's it's cool to be on the same uh 
you know, just be able to walk right up to them and talk to them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's pretty overwhelming. I mean, you walk into the, you know, there's turkey calls going everywhere. I mean, people are, that's all that's on everybody's minds. Everybody's talking turkey. You got your buddies there. Um, and it's all day. It's not like it's going to be over in a couple hours. And, um, I mean, you kind of just forget about everything else and think about what's coming up and get you excited for it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And our uh, our guest today, uh, Dave Owens, he uh, he's getting ready for the convention, and we caught him in the nick of time. And he was uh, nice enough to, if he has any free time, to allow uh, – to come onto our show so um he's gearing up for the convention and getting things loaded up here this week and going down and he'll also be competing in the contests and all that gearing up right before turkey season so very fortunate to have landed him right before his busy time of the year yeah it's very nice of him to take his take the time to do this with us and uh, I, I, this has to probably be the busiest week of the year i would imagine yeah, I I can't all the stuff he has going on now and the way his brand has taken off and you know on top of it he's he's competing to possibly win the senior open. So he's got a little bit of everything and the fire going down there and then obviously what's really on his mind is the the few months following the convention. So to catch him right now and him take the time and we we didn't want to take a lot of his time but um you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get into some things and talk and, 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 and get some good stuff out of him. But, you know, I, I have some things down that I want to discuss with him. Um, you know, he's, he's one that has hunted South Florida a lot. And with that outside of Hawaii, with that season, just around the corner, um, there's some things I'd like to discuss with him, with his experience down there. And, um, on top of that, the, the calling aspect, I want to talk to him about his, competitive calling and where he started with with all that back in the day yeah and uh talking about hawaii there's i've i've got something i want to ask him about hawaii that's actually where i met him for the first time and uh, i've had a question i've been wanting to ask him ever since i met him so <laughs> well I, th- <laughs> I think i think uh the stars have aligned because this will be a good opportunity for you to do that yeah and having him this week is just the icing on the cake i mean you know, we've got the convention, we've got turkey season, and now I've got Dave Owens coming on. So, I mean, how much better can it get? Well, man, you know, we we said that last week that we've just <laughs> we been blessed that, that yeah. yeah, we've been blessed that these 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 folks that have a lot more important things to do than talk to us have given us the opportunity. Is you know, we're on episode seven, and I mean, we've had quite the slate of of hunters or people just involved with hunting um, to come on and, and talk. So, man, let's get over and let's uh, let's get a hold of Dave and, and talk to him for a while. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Dave Owens, our guest today on the Turkey Hunting USA podcast. Dave, I'd say we just jump right into it with your involvement and kind of how you uh, you are around hunting everybody else has a pretty good idea who you are. So, um, I guess just how are you and where are you today? Oh man, I'm sitting at the dining room table that's covered in 
limited run pot calls, boxes that need to be folded, and uh, bubble wrap, to-do list, calendars, external hard drives. I mean, it looks like a tornado went through this place. You wouldn't believe it. It's like a hoarding situation. I got inventory pushed to the door because NWTF is next week. I'm fixing to have to start loading a trailer. I mean, it is uh, it's chaos around this joint. We probably got lucky catching you this week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you guys, you got it. Appreciate you coming on. You got it. Yeah, no doubt. So when are you going to hire somebody? You got a job opening coming up or? Shoot, man, I got some help, some part-time help as far as packing boxes and stuff. Um, and that's a godsend because without it, like, it would be impossible. You know, um, I did it all for a short amount of time, but the uh, the demands of editing video just continued to grow. And then luckily, uh, you know, the order volume continued to grow as well. So without without some good help, I would be way up the creek without a paddle. Usually still am up the creek without a paddle, but I've been able to man the ship so far. Right. And you had a you had a big release today. We can talk about that for a little bit if you'd like. <laughs> if you want to make everybody mad because they're no not available anymore. But uh yeah, we had the uh we had the limited run. I do a limited run started last year. We take um so far it's been the uh the some of the coverts, you know, the the secondaries, you know, the lower tail feathers of the turkeys and we put them in a behind the surface of a of a pot call and we make a pot call, um, call it the limited run every year. And uh today we dropped those. Um and everybody crashed my website. So it was a it was here again. If it's a, if I'm involved, there's usually a bit of chaos. Just just flat out like I can I can break a ball bearing. I mean it's just you know, so I had this I, heard that. I had these limited runs and we pour a lot of time and a lot of effort. I mean, because I'm a perfectionist when it comes to just about anything I have my hand in. I want it to be perfect. Whether it is perfect, very little of it is, but I try my best for everything to be perfect. And we've worked, me and my buddy that, that helps me with these things, we work to get these things perfect. And uh, went through a lot of prototypes at the end of last, uh, kind of starting about beginning of May when we started prototyping stuff and found the combination we wanted surface we wanted soundboard we wanted and uh kind of went to work on this thing and you know each week i'd have a new idea and we'd incorporate that we do this and that anyways so i did all that work and finally today was the day that i was gonna release it and i was like man you know i've I've crossed all t's dotted all my uh dotted all my i's and then i release them and the traffic on the website made the whole entire website crash. It took us like an hour and 15 minutes to get it back up. So <laughs> you can only prepare with what you can prepare for, I guess. Yeah. like, but. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, have that much, uh, uh, you know, interest. No, for sure. It's a it's a blessing for sure. Yeah, that's probably a blessing to be able to have a have your website crash. So. <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it, it was, it's pretty incredible. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm every day wake up just humbled by the amount of, um, just momentum this thing carries, you know, it's just like every day it, it, it blows my mind that people are still tuning into this junk we put out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, 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 you got some good content and, you know, uh, you've kind of broke the mold on YouTube for turkey hunting and stuff. So, uh, I've enjoyed watching your videos and, uh, Man, I don't know if there's one that I haven't seen. I've, I've probably watched it. <laughs> so. 
enjoyed every one of them. So I hope I, you continue to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're trying our best. Um, you know, we try to improve every year, but you don't want to, you know, fix what's not broken. And the, uh, the style that we started out with has kind of just worked for us. I feel like it's, it's, it's relatable. It's, you know, I want to do that style of, uh, capturing the hunt that uh, is right over the shoulder. Feel like you're there. You feel like you're in the same, you know, seat cushion with us. That's the kind of turkey hunting that I like to watch. So that's, um, it's just every year trying to, trying to do that better. But uh, the style that we did, it just kind of worked from the get go. And so now it's more like fine tuning equipment and a lot of learning on the editing side of things. Cause I'm self-taught as an editor, you know, I, anything that I do, editing i learned off youtube you know i just spent hundreds of hours staring at youtube videos so um that's where i feel like the majority of the improvement with the Penhody project has come from is editing the hunts and getting keeping things relatable and not making them another hunting show that only shows the kill shots you know i can still take everybody along on the slow days and stuff but that videos won't be an hour and a half long. Like I can still show you that it was about some several slow days, the rainy days, the, the five mile, the 10 mile days. But in the beginning, I felt like I took 45 minutes to show that stuff to where now I'm hoping that I can get that same feeling of, uh, effort across in say 25 minutes. So who knows? I've dabbled a little bit, uh, with the video and, and it is tough to pick out what you want to cut out. The hardest part is, as a hunter, as the person who's there, you feel like all of it's important. You know, yep, like when hard. you remember when you remember that that experience, you remember all of it, and you feel like if you leave any of it out, the significance of the whole interaction with the turkey might be lost. The yep. viewer might not, you know, quote unquote, get it. Um, and the more you do it, the only thing I can say is, the more you do it, you realize that's not quite the case. You get to figuring out where the, where the, um, the high points are or what you can show that kind of still gets the point across. But here again, I'm still learning. You know, I talked to, um, Jordan and Lake over the, that were with Primos for so long and they did all the videoing stuff and they used to poke fun at my editing and, and then they'd poke fun at this and that. Like, hey man, what me and you, we doing different things. The Penhody project is different than Primos, you know? <laughs> so, um, but they poke fun at my editing. But I can say I hunted with Jordan late last year in Michigan, and we had a fantastic hunt, and I cut that hunt up, and I sent it to him. Because if I hunt with somebody, they typically um, or always get to watch the hunt before uh, before it airs because I want them to same, you know, I want them to watch it, see if there's anything they don't like or whatever. And he's like, man you've come a long way with this editing stuff. I didn't know whether to take that as a compliment or, or not. Yeah. Well, I think most definitely with your videos, the way you started out and I really enjoyed your longer ones, but I get what you're saying, trying to condense that, but people definitely have an idea, a great idea by now what your hunts are like. So, um, definitely relatable man. And well, like I said before, it's your channel is the only thing I can watch upstairs with my wife around. So, Keep them pumping out, man. <laughs> yeah, we. I tell you what, we've we've got a bunch coming. Yeah, I've been uh, keeping up with it on Mossy Oak Go to kind of get a, a little jump there. But Dave, do you ever look back? Do you ever look back on like season one, 
and and you're talking about how far you've come with it. Do you look back and watch many of those videos ever and just kind of see? Oh man, a lot of them. Yeah. Still some of my favorites, in my opinion, in my opinion, some of the most impactful hunts are those. Um, Cause man, if you're sitting in my shoes right now, like and seeing where this thing is, 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 I think this is like the sixth year we, we're going to be doing this and sitting in my shoes um, remembering back on those hunts, being able to relive them, uh, which is a huge advantage of video and your, your stuff. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard not to get a little misty sometimes when you look over some of that stuff. And cause, um, I was on cuz's podcast and he asked me what was one hunt and all the Pinhoti project that you can remember. And I'm like, man, there's so many of them that I remember that were just like, I don't know, man, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think we can all probably are, are around the same circles when we say turkeys just do something a little weird to us. You know, they 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 put us in a little bit of a a weird place. And uh, coming back on these videos, it puts me in that exact place. Um, I mentioned the very first hunt that ever we ever recorded for the Pinhoti Project, which was Courtney killing an Osceola. We drove all night, her and I, um, and that hunt was just incredible. Just the epitome of an Osceola, just thick vegetation him drumming so loud i mean it just parts your hair and a lot of calling cutting a hen cutting and then he's just shaking the ground she got emotional and and when she killed him and just you could that it was just there um that's the one that i you know just always pops into memory but heck man just like two days later we, we bike in and we, we hunt just some of the most pristine old Florida Cypress stuff. And for people that haven't experienced it, like you watch that hunt and it just, especially for the people who have been there and who have experienced it, that hunt just encompasses everything that is Florida. Just grueling effort, just sweating and just miserable hot exertion. And then you're in these cypress domes and these turkeys are living in there and it's just wet and it's just tall grass and this turkey's gobbling in it. And you're just like, if I wouldn't hear believe in it, I wouldn't believe it, you know? And then Chubbs kills the turkey and sun's coming through. The sun hits the turkey. I mean, it was just stupid, you know? Um, a couple of days later, Courtney and I go out and I kill. I mean, it was just like, that stuff doesn't happen in Florida. Like people that watch this stuff, um, they saw those. I think we had eight episodes from the first year we went down to Florida. I'm like, that's the first best year I'd ever had down there. I've been going down there for over a decade. I'm like, something seems like there was help from the other side. I think we say, you know, it's like, why, how did all these stars align and we come in here and, and do as well as we did. And then we took a really old friend that I have down there that, kind of is the reason I got my start in South Florida when I went down there as like a teenager, just not knowing my butt from a hole in the ground. I bump into him and he kind of just points me up a road and I went in there and heard an Osceola turkey gobble and that just, that was it. I was done, you know. Um, he introduced me to Squirrel and then Squirrel and I was able to take him that year. I think he was 78 or 79 years old and yelp him up an Osceola through a fresh burn on public ground and watch him kill it. I mean, shit, man, that don't happen, you know? So there's a ton of hunts that just, that puts you in that place. And those, that first year seems to have a bunch of them, you know? Yeah. You guys started off on fire, man. It was unreal. 
just to be able to go back and watch those again six years later it just it like you said it just kind of you relive it again it's it, you you don't uh you know it's like a song it kind of takes you back to a place you know it's the same way with the video for the you know the hunt so absolutely and then like just like tanner kill it finishing his u.s slam like with a white turkey on the volcano in hawaii like the video is absolute trash. I mean, rain, it was miserable. But I can go back and watch that video and see the emotion when we hear that gun go off and we run up and find him and see him. And he's choked up. We're choked up. I have to cut the cameras off just so that we don't all come out of there looking like wusses. You know what I mean? But three grown men up on top of a volcano and soaking wet with a bloody turkey is just that puts you there. That puts me back there. I don't know what it does for everybody else, but it puts me there. But it's, yeah, it's just another one of those things, man. It just seems like everything lined up for us in Florida better than it ever had. And I remember calling squirrel and chubs cause they had, um, when I was pulling out, um, I called them and I told them, I was like, do y'all not just find this a little bit eerie? Like it's almost odd how successful we were down here this year. Like, that don't happen. Chubbs wasn't exactly familiar because he hadn't had a lot of experience in Florida uh, before that. Squirrel had. Squirrel had had a lot of experience down there. And he's like, I know, man. It's just like everywhere we went, we found a gobbling turkey, and that just doesn't happen a lot down there. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was odd. But those hunts, looking back at that first season and seeing those hunts and remembering how just – almost like I said, almost eerie, everything fell into place was almost like this thing was supposed to grow legs and walk. You know, it was supposed to take off. Um, I mean, look at us now, I guess it has. So yeah, that was, a, <laughs> yeah. that was a good start for your brand. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, and Chubbs and I had discussed this thing like around Christmas or even November or whatever. And then we decided we wanted to do something about it. We, you know, got the name kind of trademarked in the website fault and stuff because i was like you know if this does turn into something i don't want to be caught with my pants down you know how that whole situation goes so you know make sure we were able to get the name that we wanted kind of reserved on facebook and instagram you know all those important places and uh <laughs> and i'll be damned if i didn't go up to nashville and win the grand national that year and i was like well that helps you know <laughs> um totally not even thinking that that was a thing, you know, we, we both competitively called and, um, who, who would have ever thunk it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, like so we, meant to be. yeah, we just, we launched the thing in January and went up there a month later and I won the grand national. I'm sure that didn't hurt the brand at all. Um, then took off, you know, uh, with guns blazing in March and was able to have everything just fall into place and just, I don't know. It's just uh, it's weird how things work themselves out. Something cool about what you started too. It was pretty much a one man show, wasn't it? I mean, getting going with this, uh, you know, you didn't have a cameraman hired or anything like that, or you didn't have a you didn't have a caller that was, uh, you know, sponsored by you going out and winning these competitions. I mean, you were kind of doing everything. Yeah, I was a, yeah, I'm definitely a, I have been a one man band from the get go, you know, um, just something that I didn't like the whole idea, the whole belonging to somebody or not, you know, I, I've always just 
I'm to a fault. I'm independent to a fault as in I'm afraid I'm going to sign up for something I won't be able to fulfill. And so if that's ever an inkling in my mind, I'd just rather not sign up for it. Um, and typically when it comes to hunting brands, especially turkey hunting brands, they want some type of commitment during the spring. They want you to be at this show. They want you to rep this brand. They want you to, and like we discussed before, I think we started recording. When it gets March, you don't need to look for me. Look at me for much. Like, so I was afraid that if I, you know, agreed to rep some brand or something that, you know, they would want me to be somewhere on March 15th or obtain some banquet or some sports show. And, and I, you know, I would just have to fall short because there's one place that there's one place that I do not compromise. And that is spring turkey season. So um, that's uh, a lot of the reasons you saw me just up there with with no official sponsors other than, you know, um, you know, just being me because I, a little bit selfish. I didn't, I wanted to make sure these people didn't expect nothing of me when it comes springtime. In a way it's simpler that way too, isn't it? It definitely is. It definitely is. You know, now that I'm five or six years into this, I still kind of march to that same beat of my own drum, so to speak. I do have obviously sponsors and some affiliation now, but with the YouTube error, it kind of changed that whole belonging to somebody feeling um, because used to, I feel like the outdoor channel and all that kind of stuff, you had to go, um, you know, you had to buy airtime. And, you know, some of these things would be like $20,000 an episode that you had to pay the, the programmer or whatever to air your show. So you had to go beat the door down to all these sponsors to kind of get the money, unless you were extremely wealthy and could put the bill yourself, but you had to go ask these big sponsors to give you money so that you could even buy the airtime to be on the show. I mean, to have a show now with the way YouTube works is you can get your following and kind of prove your worth before you ever have to go do that kind of stuff. And then it puts you in a place to where you can go approach the people that you already use, the people that you already trust, their products you already trust, the stuff you already use. Um, I'm not wearing Mossy Oak camouflage because Mossy Oak camouflage saw Penhody project and come and offered me some kind of big check to wear their camouflage. Hell, I wore Mossy Oak camouflage my whole life. So it was, you know, it was an easy, easy fit. Um, you know, and that's kind of the, what the, the age of YouTube has kind of changed. Granted, you still see some people that'll be with this brand this year. They'll be with this brand this year. And they, they still kind of, you know, people, People, you know, they do things their own way, and that's cool. But um, for me, um, I've left a lot of money on the table because I just not the way I did things, you know, and I'd just rather keep doing things the way I did things. And, you know, that's just who I am, you know. <laughs> that's probably why you have a big following. You know, you're true to everybody. You're, uh, you're not flip-flopping or anything like that. So that builds a, you know, that's a good uh, – a good trait to have and that's what people are looking for somebody trustworthy i guess you know if, if, honestly i mean I, i'm sure you probably saw our episode with preston uh, i bought a new shotgun this year and i saw that you went with preston to uh, you know work on your guns and stuff and i i told myself i said if dave trusts him i'm gonna send mine there too so yeah <laughs> it, it reassured me to send it i was sending it to the right place yeah. And Preston does phenomenal work for sure. I mean, I haven't been unhappy in anything that if we had like a, I think one of Courtney's guns had something 
probably because that gun was like 9,000 years old, but he did a Cerakote on it and it had a fish eye or something that came up or something came up with it. And he's like, oh crap, man, you know, bring it back here. You know, he, he made it good. So, I mean, um, never had a problem with any of Preston's work, but yeah, that's just another one of those situations, man. You know, it's just, I just use who I use because I trust them and I've used them before. And, you know, um, not saying it's the best, uh, you know, whatever it may be that I use, I just use it because it's worked for me. If somebody shows me something that works better and I'm not tied to anything per se, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good way to be. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's <laughs> blessing and a curse because I'm just one of those guys that if I get to turkey hunt 80 or 90 days of spring, I'm happy, man. I don't care. I'll shovel shit the other nine, 10 months out of the year. <laughs> But let me turkey hunt 80 or 90 days, and I'll do whatever I have to do. Um, I don't have to be rich. I'm not looking to be rich. I just want enough money so that I can turkey hunt like I want to during the spring. You know, as long as my belly belly's full and I got a, a warm place to lay my head and I keep dry most of the time, then I'm happy, you know. Um, like Billy said, with, with taking his gun to Preston, you're, you're someone definitely that people can look at and things that you use and run, not to copy you, but – when you've got a guy going out hunting 80 some days a year and hunting hard, if they're using equipment that doesn't fail them and it's the stuff that they can trust, then that makes other people like myself feel a lot better about the same stuff to use. So appreciate you for that and putting it out there on, on YouTube to, you know, keep up with. You bet, man. Yeah. I mean, we, I've got stuff that I've used to spend junk too. And if somebody asks me about it, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to tell them, you know, it's just, it's just, how I operate, I guess. Uh, yeah, I hear you. You're you're cussing the cameras an awful lot when they decide not to, not to work. Oh, man, we're that's an ever evolving thing. Like that barrel camera that I have on my gun is, I've got a new one this year, completely different, uh, completely different setup. So hopefully it's it's better than what I've dealt with the past handful of years because that thing is, it works literally about ten percent of the time. So yeah, yeah, your uh, your hunt that you released. Um, here not too long ago it may have been the first opening day in alabama you could hunt public nevertheless oh. you set up on that gobbler on the roost and your your main camera uh petered just out crap the bed dude i mean just crap the bed and i i don't know why i mean but you know i was and everybody gets on there the comments are like did you try turning it off <laughs> no man didn't even think of that i wish i'd have thought of that you know <laughs> i mean i'm in there with a flipping turkey that i had roosted i am dang near with an ice out of the turkey in early spring woods you can see for like 200 yards you ain't got room to be fidgeting and i'm sitting there you know when i started this thing i was like i'm not letting the camera cost me a turkey that that is not going to happen with me that's not how this thing is operating but as i'm you know i'm thinking that in my mind as i'm fiddling with this flipping camera in open hardwoods almost within sight of this turkey out in the tree yeah it's uh it's it's if you carry electronics in the woods, especially if you treat them like, not that I treat my stuff that bad, man. It's just, I just have bad luck with that junk. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a pretty big job just trying to keep up with all the uh, changing electronics. Um, I mean, like I said, I dabble with it some and man, it's, that's a full-time job just trying to keep up with that stuff. Keeping batteries charged when you live out of your truck and you just don't have access to plug into an outlet and, trying to keep SD cards clean um, when all you do, when you, yeah, whenever you get back to your truck, all you want to do is sleep. Um, but you can't, you've got to stop. You've got to take those SD cards. You've got to unload those SD cards. You've got to, 
you know, make sure you put it in at least two places so that you don't have a disaster happen and an external fail on you. You've got to get those batteries charged, like I mentioned. And then even when you do everything right, you have something happen like did in that episode. Like, and that camera just fried. Like, I took it back to what uh, Best Buy or somewhere with the bumps and spills warranty, and they made it good, but that didn't help me that day. Like, that camera was just toast. Well, that was a good day for your uh, a good day for your barrel cam to. Oh man, what a what a flipping streak of luck that was, huh? That was a that was a really nice video, Dave, and for your barrel cam to pick that gobbler up coming <clears throat> coming there within oh. shotgun range, that that turned out really well, man. Yeah, I, I was just as surprised as everybody else when I looked at that camera and it was still on. And then I reviewed the footage. <laughs> I was like, I just be damn like that thing recorded. The one time I really needed it recorded, it actually did so. Um, yeah, as much as I cussed that camera, it it pulled through that day. Yeah, they maybe they they communicated together, and one took a break, and the other one decided to work. <laughs> um, you know, you had brought up Florida earlier, Dave, and that was one of the topics that I had written down here that I wanted to talk to you about. You've you know you've got a lot of experience hunting South Florida, and their season's just around the corner. So I was hoping to talk about your history hunting down there, and mm-hmm. to start off with. When did you take your first trip to South Florida and and what provoked you to to dive into that environment? Um, that's pretty easy. Uh, it was the only place it was open. Uh, I went from high school to where I had my spring breaks available to chase turkeys there at home in Georgia. And then you go to college and uh, your spring breaks are a couple weeks earlier. Um, and when spring break happened, Georgia season wasn't in yet. And the only place in the nation that it was in was, uh, or in the continental U.S. anyways, I, Hawaii had never entered my mind, but I got to looking in South Florida was it. They they opened that, that week of my spring break. So not turkey hunting was not an option. So um, I convinced my dad to borrow his truck because I didn't have a vehicle that was dependable enough to drive 12 hours down to Florida. Um, did a bunch of research, talked to folks. Um, really just hammered everything out that I could talking to biologists, the ones that you could find down there and, you know, just trying to do my research and, uh, yeah, man, just went down there as a, I think I was 18 years old, 18 or 19 years old and green as, you know, fresh apples, man. I was, I was not prepared for what I found to say the least. Um, Gosh, I'll never forget getting to that place and driving through it and going, what in the hell have I done? Like I have drove 12 hours and I should have brought a fishing pole because, I mean, it literally was like you couldn't find dry land. And that's when I met the old man, Joe, that you saw in that video I talked about earlier. Um, He was one of the people that I had connected with online and uh, I didn't know him. I just knew a screen name, you know, back in those days it was hunting forums and I had got on there in this hunting forum and, sought him out and he had responded to me and essentially just said what was it something very vague nothing like hey call me when you get down here here's my phone number nothing like that it was more or less just like he may have told me what he drove or something no i told him what i drove that's what it was i said hey i'll be in a red dodge and um i had cruised through that place and i was literally at a at a power line right away and i remember seeing i could see the tops of the grass on the power line right away. Like it was water, but I could see the tops of the grass. And I'm thinking to myself, that looks like it's shallow enough for me to walk through. 
And that's the only place that I had seen anything that looked like I could even wade. So I was sitting there at that, that power line right away looking up at, um, and this old man comes pulling up behind me and jumps out of the truck and gobbles like with his mouth, blah, 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 with his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? And I turn around and it was old man Joe. He says, hey, you must be the guy from Georgia. I was like, yeah, it's me. I guess so. And I was so relieved just to have somebody to talk to, just somebody that could tell me that I hadn't royally screwed up. And he kind of was like, I don't have uh, I don't have a lot of time. Um, I got to go pick up a buddy from the airport because, like I said, the, the, it was Friday before opening day. So he had people flying in and it, the place was buzzing with people, you know, because uh, if you have never been to South Florida for opening day, it's it's a circus. Um, and it has been since that day, whatever year that was. I mean, it has always been an absolute circus because it's the only place it's open. It has Osceola's like it's just that's just the way it is. You just learn to hunt amongst them is what you do so anyways he um just said hey go to this road i don't have a lot of time to show you around or nothing but i go to this road right here um he did a lot of the mowing and um kind of the they planted a lot of chief and all this stuff through nwtf and he was an nwtf volunteer and he's like i got some stuff back in here and i think there's some turkeys back in there and it should be high and dry and all this and he pointed me in the right direction and that's what i was telling you earlier i i went up that old canal road that next morning and heard a turkey gobble and gosh dang it that was i still remember that just feeling of just i don't know i mean you're a 18 year old kid you're in the middle of a swamp you're scared to freaking death so you're wanting to get daylight more but so that you can see what's around you because you're petrified to death you, you honest to god think sasquatch is gonna get you you know if there's ever been a place that he lived it's there you know <clears throat> Um, but it gets daylight and you hear a turkey gobble, man. It's just, it was, I remember standing in, in that sand and I had brought a bicycle down there and you can't, <laughs> you think that's a good idea until you're introduced to sugar sand. You don't ride your typical mountain bike on sugar sand. I mean, it'll put you over the handlebars and it had done that to me that morning. Um, so I threw the bike off on the side of the canal road there and just went to walking and, uh, Got back there, was standing there for like an hour, had a guy um, come by me on one of those beach cruiser bicycles, and he just come blowing past me. He's like, good morning, just went on past me. I'm like, man, that ain't how you're supposed to do this, you know? But here again, I'm an 18-year-old kid um, in the middle of unfamiliar ground. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know? So anyway, um, that's how I got started, and that was my first experience down there. Well, how did that trip end up panning out for you? Did you did you stay for a while, and did you have any I success went, as far as did you did you did you kill a turkey on your first trip? I did trip not. I did not. I did not kill a turkey. I um heard a turkey that morning, and actually, matter of fact, I heard a flock of turkeys. I think it was three gobblers together, and they were on the other side of a canal. Um, you know, these canals coming from George, you think little creeks and you can walk up to the edge of them and they're really thick on the edges because of the sunlight. They would reach those canal banks. So they got palmettas, saw palmetta and these trees and it's all really, really thick on the edge of the canals. So the turkeys were on the other side of the canal. They were raking it. And I'm thinking, I can kill one of these jokers if I just get over. Like if I can just get over, I'll kill one. And I come to that canal 
And you know what I'm thinking, <laughs> buddy, we're going for a swim. Well, you don't really just hop in there and go for swims in South Florida, at least as an 18 year old kid, not knowing any better. You know, I'd already seen all the alligators riding the roads, riding up down those canals and you go down alligator alley and stuff like that. I mean, them big lizards are everywhere. And to this day, that still ain't one of my favorite animals, you know, because I feel like I can hold my own. If my feet are on the ground, I can hold my own with about any kind of critter. But when you get in about knee deep or deeper water with an alligator, I feel like I am at his. I mean, he he can do with me what he pleases. So anyways, all that being said, I'd walk to the edge of that that uh, that canal and said, shoot, man, we fixing to we fixing to go across this puppy. And they were only like a hundred yards on the other side. And I'm thinking I can just get across there. So I found me a little spot where it wasn't quite as thick to get down to the edge of the water. <laughs> the reason it wasn't quite as thick to get down to the edge of the water is because it was the gator slide. So I walked me here again, not knowing I walked down to the edge of the water and I had already dropped my vest, had a mouth helper in my, in my shotgun. And, um, and I eased down to the edge of the water and, uh, you just heard bloop, 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 kind of fall into the water. And back home, that's what turtles sound like when they slide off a log. You know, they're just bloop, bloop, bloop. By the time you get to look around, it's these little eyes and noses pop up and start, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going across this water because it's black water. I mean, it is like bottomless. You know, those canals are they're not real wide, maybe what? maybe 10 yards wide, but man, gosh, you can't even see the bottom of them. And since that day, I've crossed a number of those things and put myself in situations that were much hairier than that. But at that point in time, my first morning in South Florida, being so green, I just said, nope, I am not crossing this water. And um, I backed up, believe it or not, and just went to raking on the turkeys with a call, got the turkeys to come up to the edge of the of the canal there. But like I said, the edges of those canals is where the sunlight's able to hit through those palmettas. It just grows up really thick and you couldn't see them. So um, needless to say, I didn't end up killing one of those turkeys. And the next day I figured out a way to, you had to start way back at the front and like come all the way up the other side of that canal. And I did. And um, turkeys weren't there. I think I heard a turkey gobble out two times and it just, it was just a different day, you know? Um, and I ended up, uh, at that point in time, you can only hunt that area on, on the weekends. So all that being said, um, my ignorance, so to speak, of how to hunt the other areas that were accessible down there, um, you go down to South Florida, you quickly realize that everything's fenced and gated for the Panthers. So that blew my mind. I didn't do enough research to know that. So I ended up going down there and looking for a place to hunt for the next two days. And what did I do? Oh, I got an eye infection. I was down there in that, um, that all that sand and just, just peanut mud and just brackish water down there. And just like I had it all over my hands one morning. And, um, I think a palmetto or something had stopped, cut my eyeball out and my contact went wild and ended up having to, um, put my contact in with just dirty hands. Next thing I know I had, come down with an eye infection. So I had an eye swollen up, couldn't even see out of it. And I ended up going back on Tuesday. So I went down there and just hunted Saturday, Sunday and looked for a place to hunt Monday and Tuesday without any success. And, um, that was my first taste of Florida, believe it or not. A butt whooping is what you call it. An absolute butt whooping is what I took. 
Um, like any turkey hunter, when you get your butt whooped, that just makes you want to go that much worse. You know what I mean? And um, like I said, the uh, the fire that hearing that first Osceola gobble lit within me, man, it was, I couldn't wait to get back. Like I could not wait. And that next year I went down there, the turkeys were not gobbling nearly as good. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I heard a turkey gobble that next year I was down there. But I did kill a turkey on the second day. Um, I had found some strut sign, found some gobbler tracks, um, and was just kind of doing some soft calling, moving in and around and, and poking and and called in uh, three gobblers. So I say gobbler. They were gobblers, but I think they were J. I think the first one was the long beard. Um, and I missed the joker. Cause he surprised me cause I'm sitting there, you know, soft call and they don't gobble. They just hyping up on, you know, how that kind of situation could be. Um, they just show up and I look and I said, that's a gobbler, redhead, you know, the whole nine. So I kind of had to move all at once. And when I raised up to shoot, I shot the turkeys just flew up and just landed on the ground again. I was like, crap. So I aimed down and killed one of them. Um, went up there and it was a Jake. Now, granted, I did not care if it would have what as long as it was a legal turkey i was looking to take him home and uh if i ain't mistaken i think that jake weighed like probably 12 pounds i mean he was a little bitty feller and i could not have been more proud of a turkey in my life is that little turkey i mean holy crap i went up there and hmm, still remember them to this day i was wearing some of them chippewa snake boots them old slip on with the buckle on the side of them I remember that picture. I'm sitting there holding him on one of them sugar sand roads with them Chippewa snake boots on, boy. God dang, I was proud of that thing. Well, you earned him. You know what? You, you ain't lying, buddy. It was it was well earned. Um, you always appreciate yeah. stuff a lot more when you when you put the work in like like you have and like you did on uh, on that turkey down in Florida. Um, and that's the thing. Appreciate it a lot more. And th- those turkeys in Florida, I think that's why I love it so much because I can't think of it of, of one down there that didn't come with that kind of effort. You know, those turkeys, when you hunt the public ground down there, it requires that kind of effort to be successful. Um, and one way or another, you've got to put forth quite a bit of effort to be successful down there. Um, and, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that it, the draw to me is like they don't make easy turkeys down there, you know. Yeah. yeah it doesn't look easy <laughs> I, i've never i've never hunted <clears throat> i've hunted florida but not south florida not 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 that terrain not where y'all are um so hats off to you guys man that uh place is interesting at least the way you portray yeah. it on your videos goodness gracious in the, the well uh, the north north yeah the north florida stuff can be i mean that's that's that piney wood and this thick palmetto that stuff can get choked out pretty quick too that can be fighting your way through a lot of thick vegetation down there mm-hmm. you would you wouldn't think that they would i mean i didn't even know they had bears there when i went and I a mean, bunch that, kind of, that surprised me <laughs> yep the, a bunch just like louisiana you wouldn't think about bears in louisiana that's the biggest bear i've ever seen was in louisiana of all places yeah. so um yeah you you get chasing these turkeys you you find out real quick you don't know as much as you think you do about these places <laughs> Now, the only thing I did check into more than anything was the, where the grizzlies were. I, there's something about a grizzly. It just, I don't even want to be around them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for so many years, I jumped off into that timber 
and never thought twice about it. Just went and I'd see the tracks. I'd see the wolf tracks and the big bear tracks and it never even occurred to me. And one of Courtney's friends who, uh, after, uh, he graduated, he did a lot of like, just kind of, uh, he worked at some of the bear refuges and he worked at some of the national parks and stuff. He did a lot of traveling around and, and kind of, uh, uh, kind of lived that life for a while, uh, doing seasonal work. And, uh, we were at, I think a wedding or something. We got to talking about where he had been and my travels and where we may have crossed paths and told him some of the places I'd hunted. Some of these like, man, you didn't carry bear spray. I was like, oh, so I have never even thought about carrying bear spray. It's never <laughs> even occurred to me. He's like, well, if I was you, <laughs> I would carry bear spray if I was in that area again. I was like, duly noted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I even, when I went to uh, Idaho, you know, I was kind of a borderline, you know, I did my research on it. Mm-hmm. And they, they said, well, we haven't seen one here in many years. And I'm like, there's still a chance, right? So, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know any better. I, I bought some grizzly spray. I said, man, I'm going to carry this with me. Well, little did I know at the time, you can't just put that in your check bag and take it with you. So it's still sitting in the package out here in my garage. You know, I've never, oh. so I was like, well, I'll just carry my, you know, I'm just have to be aware of my surroundings, I guess. But yeah. It was always in my mind. So yeah. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. I've just wandered around out there, just, just, I guess, protecting myself with TSS, and that was it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, how many years have you been hunting South Florida? Gosh, that was um, at least, I think, probably my first year was 2003 or 2004. So, how many ever years that is? 20? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're looking at 20 years right at it yeah have you, have you hunted that consistently every of, year i missed a couple years there when i got serious about this u.s slam thing right there toward the end um i had to uh kind of funnel all my vacation time to that task that 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 task so i saved those days that i would spend i think there was two years in a row i didn't go um or no wait may have just been one year. I remember one year I didn't go because we went to Hawaii. But then as soon as I got back, I got in the truck and drove down there for a weekend. So I can't remember. I may have missed one year. I may have missed two years. I can't remember. We've got a ton of experience down there. Yeah, I've done it quite a bit. Um, don't mean I've got a lot of knowledge, but I've, I've done it a lot. I've done a lot of stuff wrong down there, I can promise you. But um, it's just one of those places, man, you can't give anybody like I did a little video because that's one of the questions I get all the time. Everybody wants to go to Florida, kill their Osceola. They want to experience it. And I encourage it because it is a once in a lifetime, like not once in a lifetime. That's wrong description. It is a um, you can't find a place like it. You can't hunt a place like it. Like I've been everywhere and there's nowhere that compares Um you know, it breaks daylight. And, you know, if you're here in Alabama, Georgia, wherever it breaks daylight, I can just about tell you that's a whippoorwill. That's a, you know, whatever it might be that you're hearing. Um, down there, buddy, your kiss is as good as mine. Like, you better fire up your, your bird app or whatever it is that, because I don't know what you're listening to. You know, I mean, there's some stuff that flies by, their bills are upside down or facing the wrong way. And you're like, I don't know, boss. Like, Will it bite you? I don't know. Let's stop and see. But I mean, you know, um, 
it's uh you know you get to hunt around big cats down there that you just you know unless you go out west a lot you don't do that here in in north georgia despite what some of these forums might tell you there's no big black cats running around in north georgia um but you get to hunt around big cats in south florida they're not black but um you get to hunt around big black cat i mean big cats in south florida um you just don't get to do that anywhere else. So I'd encourage people to do it. It's definitely a, a unique experience, but it's just one of those things you can't, it's just, you can't, you have areas that may be productive year in and year out, but man, like these hurricanes blow through there, they just turn everything on its head. Like the, the, everything just kind of shifts and just, just. It's like a new game every year. New game every year. And, um, you know, it's just, a very unique place for sure. As I've gathered off your videos, you have the, the wet years, the dry years. So you really don't know what you're getting into until you get there. Yeah, you do. You really don't. You've got some, uh, been lucky enough to make friends down there and I can kind of get a word in. Um, I call them friends. Some of them lie to you intentionally. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they'll kind of let you know, give you an idea, but you're going regardless, you know, your equipment really doesn't change. You kind of prepare for everything, but, um, you know, the wet years can be good because they can keep the turkeys to a smaller area, um, can make it more difficult for people to get to. So if you put forth the effort, you can reach the turkeys and maybe have them a little bit more to yourself, but man, you can, you can really, you can really, ruin yourself on these wet years trying to push it too hard um gosh i can't remember what year that was that i had i mean you're talking about wading for like miles at a time you know you come out of the water you're in the water you come out of the water you're you got wet feet for days um yeah it sounds miserable yeah you've got to pace yourself because the determination can really hurt you there because you're like not saying no next thing you know you've crippled yourself you've crippled your feet to make it almost impossible to walk um because you kind of pushed it too too far um so yeah that it's it's just a it's like i've said i've said it a million times you've got to embrace the suck when you go down there you've got to know it's kind of class two fun you've kind of like just gotta gotta have some grit to uh to weather the storm but that's why i was saying earlier like i can't think of a single one of those turkeys down there that's just like a that was a give me, you know, um, you got to earn them. Yeah. A buddy of my, a buddy of mine and myself, we went down there this past spring and, uh, we got the idea we'd take a, our boat down there, you know, hit a lake and, you know, we do that quite a bit. And, uh, we figured out about the first hour that was not, gonna, <laughs> not going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled a boat to Florida for no reason at all. I mean, it's, it's got an outboard on it don't have a mud motor or nothing like that and as close as we could get i mean i mean i was still pushing down with the spud poles i'm like man there's no way i'm getting out of this thing yeah we couldn't even (laughs) see the bank yet you know yeah yeah two or three hundreds of yards yeah that's that stuff will be it'll be it'll be miles worth of water that'll be knee deep literally miles worth we thought we would just take the push poles and push in you can't do that either. Nope. Uh, all the cypress knees coming up. I mean. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and try to ride your bicycle with them cypress <laughs> knees. Yeah. Cypress knees are the perfect height to grab a bicycle pedal. 
Yeah. And let me tell you something. That's a rough landing, my friend. You know what? You, yeah. you, you get you and you Remington across your back, and you go <laughs> ahead and get across one of them little prairies and get you some momentum and try to dip in one of them cypress heads and catch one of them cypress knees, let it wrap a hold of that pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You do some cuss words up in them cypress heads, buddy. That's why you don't you, video on the bikes, huh? Because you're doing I'll too tell much you cuss. What, <laughs> you definitely have to edit it out. I trust yeah. you. Trust well, me because yeah, that there's so many challenges up there. There's no easy button up there, and I that's what I dig it, man. I like when there's not an easy button. You know, yeah. is some of that landscape, Dave? Is that rock? Like little like pebble, like little pieces of rock in the ground. Sometimes when y'all are riding your bikes over, is that what that looks like? Yes. It can, it's, it's some of the roads are coral rock, they call it, because, you know, it used to be under, I mean, it used to be under the ocean, it used to be coral reefs and all that kind of stuff. So there's some of that. And let me tell you something. That's like riding over railroad tracks or worse. Yeah. Look, yeah. Mean, it looked it, like a bunch of rumble strips. Yeah. It was miserable, miserable. Um, so yeah, it's like, there is no easy button in South Florida. I mean, it's just like, um, if you go down there thinking that you're going to have this pleasurable experience, you better pump the brakes and put your game face on. Cause, um, that's why it, that's why if you go down there with somebody, you've really got to, it's got to be somebody that you can laugh at yourself with because, Oh man. Well, you got, you, you're, you got fine company to do that for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why me and those two guys, you don't see a lot of other people join us down there because it's just like, you got to keep your circle small down there because frankly, there's not enough turkeys to really just, you know, bring a big group in there. It's not like hunting some national forest out West where you can all go separate ways and get on turkeys. It's a little bit different, um, speed down there, but yeah, you've got to have people that, that are willing to, willing to help out and willing to, you know, brave through the blisters and wade through the misery to, uh, to get there. I think one of those hunts, me and Chubbs had went in there and we're on our way out and it was about, you know, quitting time, lunch or whatever, and about 85 degrees. And we were both just dead. And he's like, I remember him looking over and I think I videoed this and he's like, you know, man, you just, you gotta be a special kind of stupid just to, to keep going in here. I mean, you've really got to, You've really got to like have a certain amount of just dumb in you. And he said, I was like, yeah. And he said, I think I'm about done with it. <laughs> said, I think, I think this is I'm about, I'm about done with it. I thought, cause uh, anyways, it was just that got to have somebody to laugh with, because if you ain't laughing in there, you really going to be miserable. Well, I believe your, your first season, and it was your second day in Florida when y'all went in and, you were talking about the hunt earlier when Kenny killed that turkey and when y'all were riding in and you were bundled up from it being cold and you stopped and he was, he was taking off some layers and the steam was rolling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were talking about that the other day. Cause he's talking about the stuff that he's like, I don't even, he's like, we just like Adley have all this stuff. It's like, we just, he's like, you keep that camera going and we just catch stuff that I don't even remember saying. And I was like, and I think that's what makes people like, able to relate because it's the same thing they'd say to their buddies. Yeah. But I remember his, his big old tail gets off that bicycle. And what's funny is, um, Chubbs don't do anything halfway. Like if you've got to bring a bicycle, he had some top of the line, $5,000 bicycle. Okay. With these independent shocks and all this stuff. And I was riding 
a freaking huffy, like or mur or what do you call? Yeah, I think it was a huffy from Walmart. You know, like his had the uh, the the shocks on the front and back, and mine was like my tires were bolted straight to the axle on the back. So I was, you talking about that rock earlier. And I remember he has this high, and you know, his bike's like, you know, he's six foot three or four, whatever he is. He's a freaking, you know, just a giant of a dude. And he's on this bicycle, which is equally as big. Um, he's like, Oh man, you got to get these big fat tires and you know, all this kind of stuff. And he's pedaling that and that's bicycle weighs like, you know, 15 ounces is huge, but it's like this. Anyways, he's got this high dollar bicycle and he comes bailing off of it. And he's steaming like a linebacker, you know, playing in Chicago. So we were giving him crap. Yeah. I remember that day. Like it was yesterday. It was, it was funny, man. That surely was. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, you, that's cool to go back and watch. You made a lot of, a lot of cool memories over the years. Yeah, man. We, uh, We've got a doggone novel of them for sure. Um, wouldn't trade this. Wouldn't trade this life. Wouldn't trade those memories. Wouldn't trade this passion that we have for wild turkeys. I mean, this thing is. You know, I wouldn't know these guys if it wasn't for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, man, wouldn't trade it for nothing. And we're gonna stop that interview right there, as you know, Dave like we had hoped, had a lot of great things to talk about. And just like our previous guest, Kenny Mount, um, you know, Dave has given us a lot to a lot to go on about. So we're going to stop it right there and split it into two parts. Um, you know, Billy, Dave did exactly what, what we were hoping. We, we went right into the show and shoot, he just kind of took off with it. Like, uh, like he does his own podcast, you know, like he, like this was his own it made, it made things really simple on our end as he went on and, and just kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah. It's a, you don't really have to twist his arm too far to get him, you know, get him to open up talking about turkey hunting and same way with all our guests. I mean, you know, uh, we've been blessed to have who we have had and, uh, you know, they've all been more than willing to come on and talk turkey. Uh, you know, that's, that's always been a, a fun thing to do is just, get around and start talking turkey yeah i think everybody enjoys that yeah you can tell with our guests they've got no problem coming on to to talk about turkeys and the the love they have for them. man it's it, it's not difficult getting information out of them that's for sure yeah everybody enjoys talking turkey and uh you know it's been a good time so far well it's yeah it's about like anything else when you when you care and love about something so much and enjoy something, it, it's easy to talk on about it and you can get down a rabbit hole and go this way and that way with it. And I think our most difficult part is not having a three hour podcast, you know it. So we're, we, we at least have the luxury to do like we did on this one and, and Kenny's and, and divide them up and make it into two. So um, I say we close it up now and kind of get things ready for the next one. Yep. Sounds good. We'll uh, pick it up on part two. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast. We would appreciate it if you could leave a rating and write a review. Be sure to subscribe to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast and website and like us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on news and product releases.